Hello and welcome to the BA Group. I'm Mike. And I'm George. And I'm Debbie. Hello everybody. It's uh, really nice to have uh, Georgiana Mannion here with us today. She's uh, joining us from Australia, so it's uh, a, a very late part of the day for you, isn't it, George? So It's desperately late. I've not even had my dinner yet. Right, okay. Well, we'll try not to keep you from your dinner for too long. But today, George is joining us to talk about playfulness in business analysis, which we're all quite excited about today. So uh, would you like to tell us a little bit about it? I think it's one of the most wonderful things you could possibly do to your career is bring in play, fun and games into your BA practice. Um, it is one of the best ways to elicit requirements, benefits and risks and things like that early in your project, a way to risk uh, workshop fatigue and also if you get stakeholders on side early by being the fun one, they tell you all their secrets. So it's really important as the BA to bring playfulness into your practice when you're working on a program or an improvement program and um, so this is what I'm here to talk about. I think Fantastic. that's brilliant. I, I think that's brilliant George because I must admit all through my career I've been very keen on the team having fun together because I always believe that if the team has fun people get on they get to know each other better and then you get a better result with everything. Absolutely. I think so too. Um, I've been really blessed where I've worked in this industry for oh forever. Um, but I've worked in two standout teams and the way that we work off each other has been really important and both teams have been noticeably fun. And I mean like we have we play games together when it comes to joining meetings, even on virtual meetings, if we're jumping from one meeting to the next meeting and a few of us are all going, you have to start the next meeting like this of teams um, and the person that gets in first is the winner and then we all have a good joke about it and it's just something you can do when you work in uh, remote working to try and make that fatigue of teams meetings just a little bit more fun. That sounds, uh, I think over the last few years we've, I've been teamsed out really, it's been uh, quite, I hadn't thought about actually starting any of my teams meetings like that, maybe or some just a different pose, strike a pose. I'm not sure I'm going to do that for training, but uh, may, maybe some of our, our meetings, Debbie. I don't, how do you think that would go down, Debbie? I think if you put your wig on or or, or your, your Dalek outfit or just any of the... Oh, you're giving Mike, away all the secrets now. Sorry, Mike. I, I sorry, Mike is... <laughs> okay, let's, that's my bit of my contribution to fun. So... <laughs> I like it. I'm very much a fan of that. As you can see, I'm wearing my sequins mm -hmm. so, because we were talking about play. So I wanted to be a fancy, playful BA just for you guys. Oh. <laughs> yeah. the, the really sad thing is that about this wig is that I, um, if I'd put this on in the 80s, you wouldn't have noticed any difference between my hair. But there's, there's a bit of a, a stark difference now. So. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a retro wig. I, I do love, George, though, a lot of the concepts you talk about. So and you come up with these terms like the fancy BA. I love that. I, I want to be one. Well, I like branding BAs. And um, I think it's really important that one of the talks that I do um, 
outside of play is brand and attract. And it's a way of helping BAs to brand themselves, to brand their teams and to brand their programs as a way of getting stakeholders to really understand who they are and what they stand for. And I even get them to create BA team logos that they'll put on their documentation um, and then just find that adjective that really like relates to them as a BA. So it could be like the, the data BA and that's the one that you go to in the team if you ever need support on your data or you could be the fancy BA. Um, at the moment in my current team i'm the mary poppins ba so i am cheerful firm but fair uh, but and i also have a bag of tricks so i can uh, do the solution to any problem so they call me mary poppins so that's my current ba term mm. do you also have the medicine that has to be given out on occasion george Oh, absolutely. I have a cracking way of convincing other people to do what I want them to do whilst them thinking it's their idea. That's my medicine. <laughs> marvellous, marvellous. So, so what are, you mentioned a few things there, but some of that might be a bit extreme for some people to, uh, to do in their, or to launch into in their, their BA work. So how, what's sort of the entry level introducing playfulness into your, your BA work? Well, one of the first things I did, which really changed the dynamic in a workshop, was just a process mapping workshop. Now, I'm pretty sure 90% um, of BAs that are listening, watching this, have done a process mapping workshop with a group of stakeholders. Mm. And ordinarily, I have seen them performed where a BA stands at the front of a room with post-its, and calls out to the room and asks for all of the different activities and gateways and things like that. And the BA writes them up on the post-its and sticks it up on the whiteboard and draws all the lines and goes through it all and says, is this the right process? And in theory, that is one way of doing it. But I like to flip that process and make it a little bit more fun and less passive. I call that the passive approach because the ownership of all of those post-its is on the BA, it's not on the stakeholders. So I instead take a roll of butcher's paper, you know, that white craft paper that you buy in the kids section in your supermarket, and I roll that on the floor and I'll draw out the swim names um, in Sharpie 10, and I will give them all the post-its, and I will get them to write all of the different activities, and they lean over and stick it on the floor. And then at the end of that process, I get them to take one of their smartphones and stand on each of the activities, and walk through the process whilst filming their own feet. So it's just their feet, not their face. So it's not scary. They're just filming their feet and they're saying, going through all the different activities. And then other people are interjecting saying, oh, the reason we're doing that is because, and you're capturing that and you go all the way through the process and they've been engaged. And that is an active way of doing it. And it's more playful. Then they have a video at the end of why they made those decisions in the early stages to design that process in that particular way. Um, and it, again, the BA is facilitating, um, but they are not 
they're not actively getting involved in writing the notes or anything like that. They are just making sure they're on the right path. And that's just one thing I've done where I've seen a complete change in the environment and the attitude of a group of stakeholders just by flipping it from the wall to the floor and giving them the post-its. You know, that's that's absolutely brilliant because I love so many things about that, George. Okay. And and I'm not going to tell you all of them because we'll be here for half an hour. But I love that the BA is not the scribe because yes, because you know, there's so many risks with the BA being the scribe, but equally one of the risks is that you write down what you hear and perceive, not what is their reality. And what you're doing there is you're not just allowing them and and encouraging them to put their reality in place, but also to discuss it and to get the different perspectives on it and then to have the recording so that they can actually understand the decision-making. I I think that's absolutely fantastic. And and I think that there are so many um, other techniques like customer journey maps, for example, where you could do exactly the same approach but looking at maybe a different angle or, or a, a different viewpoint on what you're trying to achieve, maybe a different business problem. So I really think that's that sounds great, actually. Right, Mike, we're on for that. Yeah, yeah, I definitely, definitely that's something to do. And one of the things that I've done, it's something I, I picked up when I was a, a BA at British Airways. I was a BA at BA many years ago. Um, and there was a, an innovation course that we did. And, and that came up, there were some great things from that, which I found really useful. But one or a couple of techniques which were used in thinking about problems was um, uh, actually were quite fun. So we'd take a look at a problem and actually rather than thinking about how to solve the problem, we'd think about how to make the problem worse. And the level of engagement you got in the session by thinking about how can we make this worse? How much more fun was this? And we we had some uh, we had some very bizarre discussions, which which I won't go into because they kind of, some of them were a little dark. Um, but but the things you came up with some very different ideas or or magnifying a, an, an element of the problem. So if we've got a problem with, uh, I don't know, 10 passengers waiting at the baggage desk, imagine a million passengers there. How do we deal with that? Um, so magnifying uh, one element of the problem. Again, it was really good fun. We had some great discussions, generated loads and loads of material, loads and loads of ideas. Uh, and then we could spend another session actually working through those seriously and pulling the, the good things out of them. So, so those things are, they were really good fun, really easy to introduce and fairly simple techniques. And I think there are other things like um, just using having a list of 60 names and saying, right, think about this problem from the perspective of the name that is equivalent to whatever the second hand says on your watch at this point. So if it was 23, the 23rd item happened to be Mickey Mouse. How would Mickey Mouse deal with this problem? Again, complete shift but really really effective so one of the main things is like um i always say it um i don't want a boardroom to be a boardroom um like obviously playing with the spelling um but um when you cross over the threshold of a room that you're used to sitting down and being serious in for like raid sessions etc your mindset immediately goes to the mindset of being bored in a board meeting. And so um, I love to just go in and mess with the furniture. So I um, will book out, if I've got the, a meeting for two hours, I'll book it out for half an hour before, half an hour afterwards. Um, and I will take away all the chairs 
stack them in the corner and I will move all the tables around and stuff like that. Um, and then when they walk in, it's a complete mind shift because they're suddenly like, this isn't the environment we used to. And I'm like, no, well, this isn't the workshop you were used to either. And so then um, if I'm playing with Lego, um, I'll use the tables, um, but they don't have the opportunity, again, to be passive in this environment because they can't just go and sit down. Obviously, being mindful of people with disabilities and things like that, but um, if they don't have the opportunity to go and sit down, then they can't be passive in the situation. And um, so I'll move all the furniture and then I'll bring out my Lego and I will do a workshop using, um, and I have two huge bags of Lego, and um, I'll do a workshop doing that on solution architecture. I used it for retros. Um, I used Lego Serious Play. Um, and then I also do it for um, change management. And I'll, I'll even get, using Lego, I will manage to get people to talk about difficult situations and their feelings in front of their own management team, but they're using Lego instead of talking about it um, in the as a person. Um, and the reason why that works is I'll get them to um, build something. And there's um, something I always do for team building is um, I'll get them just to play with a Lego where they have to build something to do with the seaside, something like that for like five minutes. And they all, they go around and talk about what they've built. And then we go around and we do the activity again, but they're not allowed to describe what they built. Everyone has to guess what they built. And so that's a kind of game of interpretation. So um, showing that you can build something that you think is very clear and it's not clear to others and you can go around the whole room. But then I'll turn it into a coaching exercise and say, build something that represents the best day you've ever had at work. And they'll build something and they'll share that story. And they'll take a picture to remember. Then build something that says, what was the worst day you've ever had at work? And then they'll build something and they will hold it. So like I hold this mouse, they'll hold it out to the side and they'll talk to it and they'll describe something because there is cognitive dissonance between your body and the object you have just built. And so you are talking to the object, which is describing the worst day you've had. Um, and all the people are looking at the object because it's, you know, Lego. So they're all looking at that. Um, and you're able to get people to communicate incredibly difficult things. And then you flip it into coaching by saying, okay, now you've built your best and worst day. How can you create more good days and fewer bad days? If it's all on you, how can you do it? And all of this time, you make sure management are not allowed to speak. So they are they have to sit on their hands, their mouths are shut, and they have to just listen to their team describe some really difficult scenarios that they've had in the workplace and then talk about some of the great scenarios they've had and all because they've been able to play with Lego for half an hour.
And it's remarkable the amount of things I've got out of people, even introverted programmers. So we all know that they don't like talking about their feelings, but I've had them put their hands up and say, this is my worst day at work and describe it. And then only after everybody's communicated it, uh, management allowed to discuss with me after the fact what they what measures we're going to put in place for them to support their staff. Wow. So, I mean, this is really getting inside people and organisations and teams at really quite a deep level while using tools that appear simple on the surface, i.e. the Lego, not the tools that you're using because you're using much more complex tools yourself. Oh, wow. <laughs> so this is from Lego. Wow. So for purposes of everyone at home, it's tax deductible because I need it for business purposes. So, um, which so is, which why is good news, not... isn't it? Because Lego is yeah. probably more expensive than Bitcoin at the moment. Absolutely, it is. So what I do is I buy Lego sets, and I build them, and I have them up for a little while. Then I take them all apart and put them into my giant bags of Lego and then use it as freeform Lego for people to play with. So who wouldn't want that sort of thing going on in their life, quite frankly? <laughs> who doesn't want the excuse? And it's happened before where I had um, somebody come to see me talk when I was the, doing the playful BA talk. And she was so inspired, she said she got her BA mojo back. She went back mm -hmm. to her manager and hounded him and said, I need to buy toys. I've seen this talk, I need to buy toys. And he gave in and said, here's a hundred pounds, go and buy some toys. I don't understand what you're talking about, go and do it. And so she did, she went and bought like fiddle toys and squeezy toys and stuff like that and used them in her workshops and got really good results from having these toys. And so he then followed me to my next talk where I was talking about lean games and told me the story saying I wondered what was going on with my BA talking about buying toys and being playful and all this kind of stuff and then he saw me do lean games and said okay now I get it and I'm going to increase her toy budget and wow. I was like okay I have done my work no. this is great <laughs> my work is done yeah. <laughs> it's Absolutely. funny actually did you, I don't know if you came across this, George. I'm sure you did, Mike. But a few years ago at the Business Analysis Conference, we were talking at Assist about, oh, I don't know, when you've got a stand at a conference, you know, let's do something a bit, a bit fun and a bit different. And one of our colleagues said, ducks. <laughs> do you remember the ducks? Yeah, I thought yeah, I remember the ducks. Didn't you have numbers under the ducks? And we did. We did a competition with the ducks. But but we ended up, I think we ended up eventually doing three or four different versions of the ducks over the years. And then I went to visit our partner company in the Netherlands, Leblanc Advice, and they had a duck that they gave me and oh. were giving us ducks. And it sparked off something. And at one conference, we didn't do ducks. Okay. And one of the people came up and said, where's the ducks? 
Oh, isn't that great? That's perfect. Do you know what? There is a Lego serious play game for you that you need to do, which Ooh. is Lego Ducks. Um, so I have a set of 40 um, little bags, and in each of them are yellow and red bricks. And they're all identical in every bag. And you give them out and you say to everyone, I want you to build a duck. Wow. And they say, okay. And they, you give them a couple of minutes and they'll all build a duck. And now most people will build completely different ducks. Yeah. And that's exactly what you want because you want to be able to say, I gave you all the same tools and the same instructions and you came up with completely different things. So what does that tell you about your communication? What does it tell you about your the way of working as a BA and things like that? And it's really cool. And then you can play blind duck where you say, pick the best duck. And now everyone close your eyes and describe how to build the duck and things like that. And you can really play with it. Um, but it's a very powerful technique. And so I feel like you can play the Lego duck game at assist. I, I, do you know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking BA conference, build a duck. I, I'm, I'm just there now. My, my head is going all over the place, George. Okay, so you're sparking off all sorts of thoughts in me. <laughs> well, I've got 40 with me, so I can to 40 on me, so I could bring them over if you want, and I can lend them to you, and you can build ducks at, your, at the conference. Fantastic. We might have to find, <laughs> find an appropriate pond for that. So. Oh, don't, Mike. No. We have a pond, George, which I have banned from being used because it's so awful. <laughs> yeah, we, we took ducks a bit too seriously at Assist, I think, mm. sometimes. Mm. Well, so, it worked because I remember, and that was—I remember it was years ago. So yeah. I remember the ducks. I think I had a duck. I don't know where it's being storage somewhere, but yeah, I had a duck. So I think um, you've told us some some amazing bits and pieces there, George. And uh, duck duck Lego sounds like great fun. Um, if if we've got BAs or anybody who's interested in getting involved in this, how where should they start? Well, if they've, they've got to build up the courage to have a first go, but what what would you recommend to get going? Or to get going is um, when you are running a workshop, um, you can, if it's a process workshop, try the mapping on the floor thing, that's always good. And that one extra thing to that is you can give people stickers where they have to put down like statutory um, process steps um, and they right. put a sticker on it and stuff like that. And you just give them something else to play with. Um, and then um, other things that you can do are you can start using um, tools like Lego or even Play-Doh and paper to do prototyping with your stakeholders. So um, you can build out um, some, uh, do whole solution architecture with a bunch of Play-Doh by building out all your different systems and then using some string and stringing them together to say which ones are strong together. And if we are looking to replace this system, then you have to cut the strings physically and say, where are you going to put the strings now? 
Um, and that's really cool and it's very visual and it's also extremely cheap because Play-Doh costs like 50p to buy um, a tub of it. So that would be a really cool one to do. Um, there's different kind of games that you can play um, where mm. I like to, uh, like I hate icebreakers um, as a general rule because um, people are so worried about what they're going to say that they're not listening to anyone before them and then they're so relieved when they've said it that they're not listening to anyone after them mm. so my icebreaker is get somebody to say an abject lie like just lie about something completely and get every like other people start laughing and I've done that with an organization where um, I had people in a, a project team who where all their stakeholders came from different departments and for my icebreaker for them to get to know each other I actually said um, you could just look at each other's workers profile online like on the HR system or we can play this game and I got them to tell a lie so somebody was like scored the winning goal in the World Cup. Uh, somebody was brought up in the circus and things like that. But what I noticed in the corridors after that was somebody said, how's the circus going? And <laughs> they remembered that, whereas they wouldn't remember, my name's George and I'm the BA lead for Asia Pacific, blah, 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 blah. So I think you can do some, you can mix things up that way and it doesn't have to cost you anything and you can take the chairs away and that doesn't cost you anything. And then you can point them towards me and I'll convince them to buy Lego. Right. Right. What, what, what are we going to do next then, Debbie? Well, I must admit so many things because I, you know, I was thinking when we were talking about having this conversation with George, I've been accused twice in my career, okay, and, and I say accused deliberately by people from other teams that my teams were having too much fun. They were laughing too much, okay? Um, I don't know if you remember Butlins and holiday camps, but I was accused once of running my team like a Butlins holiday camp, okay? That sounds amazing. That's a, that's a badge to wear with honour. Well, it's quite interesting because I remember at the time, because I was quite young, thinking, oh, oh, I've got it wrong. But then I thought, but we do all this work. We 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 clear everything up. We were a really high-performing team. So why why isn't everybody doing that? Do you know what I mean? Like, why is it just me? Um, but I, I really believe in it. And so it's so fantastic hearing the things you're talking about, George, because you are giving me so many ideas. And I know that Mike is a highly creative person who loves all sorts of ideas like this. So I know it's yeah. the same for him. I, I think so. I think there's so much, so much mileage there, but I'm afraid we're going to have to wind things up. Um, bear with me a second. But there's, um, there's lots of opportunities in, in using this BA, this playfulness uh, in business analysis. And I won't hear anything from any of the naysayers out there. So I'd just like to say thank you to George and Debbie for, for such a, a fun pod. Um, and thank you to everybody who's joined us today. If you do have any ideas for future episodes, then please email us at babrew at assistkd.com. Thanks a lot. Thank you. And thanks thank George. you so much for having me. <laughs>